From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I am your co-host, KG Smooth, joined by Uncle Fonkular Jones and KG, as always. God bless you, sir. You're looking you. well. How are you Thank making you. out during the uh, COVID-19? I'm still doing well. Okay. You know, um, I, I want people to still stay at home. Yes, sir. I mean, regardless of what other people may say, these politicians, listen to the experts and the medical people, the scientists, stay at home because there's going to be a second round. I have one at, uh, question. Mm-hmm. Is there a cure yet? Um, that we know of. Not. That we know of. That we know of. I, I know there's about There's one the... that's. <laughs> You know, yeah, of course, I, I they've know, got yeah, the one yeah. that's been I got the conspiracy you know, developed. Yeah, I got but, that. No. Um, I did read that um, there are some medical students and some doctors at an HBCU who have developed an anti-viral uh, um, medicine to okay. combat COVID-19. So the way to kill one virus is to kill it with another, and they've developed something um, that kills COVID-19 and it's currently going through the process and they said in the next two months it should be um, available and approved by So the to FDA. answer my own question, there's no immediate no, antivirus even. today that I can take and be safe around other people. No. Let's stay home. Stay at home. Now, and, and listen to the podcast. And, 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 <laughs> and keep building that immune system. Right. And it's really affecting, you know, people are worried because the economy is in disarray and uh, small businesses especially are being hit mm-hmm. super hard and so on the phone line we have uh, one of Houston's finest I remember meeting her when I first got here in uh, 2013 um, she is a PR guru a strategic uh, businesswoman storyteller content expert one of the top public relations people in the city of Houston, social media strategy, uh, strategist. She does it all. Ladies and gentlemen, Julie Griffith is on the show. Hey, Julie. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's so good to hear from you. It's lovely to be here. I'm so happy to hear that both of you guys are safe, staying at home, keeping those hands washed, and uh, practicing that social distancing. Indeed. So um, for those who may not it, since we're on the radio, you know, they can't see you, but I'm sure if they see you, they'll know who you are because you're just, you know, that lady. Tell people about you and, and, and what it is that you do, your business, all of that, for those who are not familiar. Absolutely. Well, my name is Julie O. Griffith. I am the CEO and founder of J. Griffith Public Relations, an award-winning PR boutique consulting firm based here in Houston, Texas. I work with small business owners. My uh, passion is for entrepreneurs to kind of amplify their brand, their storytelling, and really get their public relations out there to the world so that people know who they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. And that uh, accent, well, of course, you're from the East Coast somewhere originally. Yes? Ah, uh, close but no cigar. No, I am a, a, an immigrant, a very proud immigrant. Born and raised in London, North London, UK. Moved here many, many years ago, but never lost the accent. So I'm a British Southerner, as they like to say. Uh, British Southerner. That's it. new. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Yeah, Julie, I never knew that. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I'm a British Southerner. So when I'm talking business and not in a casual setting, it definitely uh, it's Comes easier out. for me to just yeah talk in my native tongue. So. 
Indeed. Usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Julie, tell us a little bit about your, your background, your education. Uh, where did you attend college and, and, and further education? Absolutely. Well, I'm proud to say that I am a Rattler. I'm a graduate Fam of the illustrious, yes, FAMU, the Fam illustrious you. Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, also known as Florida A&M, a.k.a. FAMU, on the highest mm-hmm. of seven hills in Tallahassee, Florida. And yeah. I also have an MBA in marketing from the Jones Graduate School of Management locally here at Rice University. So, On the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee. Know it very The well. highest. Seven hills. <laughs> the only worth attending anywhere in the globe. Fam, you Rattlers worldwide. Definitely. Absolutely, that's good. To know. <laughs> that's good. So, um, let's get into this. Let, let's help these small business folks. There is a small business relief and a grant red uh, backpack fund um, that is going on. Can you uh, explain to us what that is and and just all of the information that small businesses and, and entrepreneurs should know at this time. I, I think I saw last night that the Senate passed that um, small business uh, relief fund. And so, Julie, whatever it is that you can um, tell some folks to kind of relieve the stress, stress and tension of not making money right now, what, what is on tap for small businesses right now? Well, right now, it's very important to stay up on the news of the ever-changing process. I mean, this thing is changing every day as far as the rules, which banks are engaging, where you can apply, and unfortunately, a lot of pockets and areas where the money is running out. So my favorite phrase right now, if, you know, the only way you're not going to get any of this stimulus money, whether you're a small business owner or just an individual that has lost their job, is if you don't apply. Because there is so much information out there, they can feel super overwhelming right now with everything changing constantly, whether you're getting alert on Twitter, whether you're in a Facebook group, you just don't, don't quite know what to do. I would just say apply to everything. Get in the pipeline, get in the queue, because you're going to be in a queue with millions of other people and just sit and wait. Um, you know, making phone calls to the IRS and sitting on you know, voicemail with that god-awful elevator music for three hours, it's not going to get you there any quicker. Everyone is in the same boat, so you really have to just kind of think about yourself and apply for everything that comes your way. Like, you know, don't disqualify yourself by saying, well, that doesn't apply to me. Everything applies to you right now, so apply for everything and just have a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah as I'm going through, I'm seeing that there are um, very, a variety of different uh, recovery funds for small businesses from um, different companies and uh, organizations. Absolutely. One of the things that I actually pulled together is my free small business resources guide. Um, It's called the COVID-19. It's the weekly update. And it's something I started doing um, because as a PR person, I'm constantly researching. I'm constantly pulling information from so many different sources. You know, for me, it's kind of like a no-brainer, something that I'm used to. But now that so many people are kind of staying home from work, they're trying to find money to keep their small businesses afloat or keep themselves afloat, you know, it's a lot of information. If you're not someone that's used to looking on different platforms, you know, looking for things for clients, you know, constantly pulling from here and there, it's very overwhelming, you know, and so you want to make sure that you can get everything in one place. So when I was looking for the PPP and the EIDL and everything else that we qualify for, I was just noticing from my different news sources, such as Forbes, 
Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, Post-It Weekly, which is People of Color in Tech Weekly, newsletters that I subscribe to, that a lot of them have one to two to three different links, you know, grants and different things in different areas, you know, it wasn't a plethora, but it was enough to say, well, I should probably apply for this also, or if I wasn't on this newsletter or on this particular website, I would have never seen this, you know, because we're all bombarded with only things from the IRS and only things from the government. So I just went ahead and started pulling these resources together by saying, stating that as a small business owner and entrepreneur, if this is valuable to me, I'm pretty sure this is going to be valuable to my audience also that doesn't have the kind of time to just sit and collect this type, type of data. So I just put it together into a nice resource guide and sent it out to everyone that's on my email list, which is why it's so important to subscribe to my email list. And um, it goes out every week now. And as things come across my desk, I just add to it. I don't delete anything because there's no time limit on any of this money. So as new things that are interesting and innovative and that can help you know, my particular audience of entrepreneurs come up, I just add it to the list and send it out. So, Julie, this is Larry. Um, to follow your beautiful volley, what is the email address to get the newsletter? My email address is julie at julieogriffith.com. Or to make life even easier, just go to my website, www.julieogriffith.com. And if you wait for two seconds, a nifty little pop-up box will pop up and say the list. Just add your email to that, and it will come directly to me. We're surrounded. Thank you for that, by the way. We're surrounded with some very innovative, creative, imaginative people who for lifetimes have always found a way to do something to make a little money some way, somehow, it didn't need a COVID-19 to tap into that creativity. Can you speak to the amazing people you've had a chance to talk to or run across who maybe had a gift and were sitting on it like baking, cooking, special stuff, and now they're developing their own businesses? Um, absolutely. There's, you know, this is really the time to sit down, kind of pull out that great book of ideas that you have, you know, different things that you never thought you'd have the time to do, whether you are a corporate, which, you know, my corporate professionals that are corporate workers but have an amazing entrepreneurial spirit or have a side business, you know, they kind of hustle both of those. Or if you're a full-time entrepreneur that wanted to pivot, you know, into something completely different. This is, you know, you're never going to get a time like this again to really sit down and figure out what you want to do. So I've come across some amazing men and women that are either pivoting they're adding on new, new lines, new brands of business. You know, they're breaking into new areas, you know, such as that book they never thought they'd have the time to write. They're doing it now. Um, also, you know, really getting more into digital social media and online plays, which is huge. You know, taking your entire business from a storefront or from a client-based walk-in business to now being digital and online, which is going to force you to really understand strategies and how to use Instagram algorithms and how to really use Facebook groups a Facebook ads to push your business along. So I'm finding that this is really causing a lot of innovation, but it's causing small business owners, especially black business owners, to really come into the digital age and understand the power of social media, especially if you're launching a new product, brand, or service. Mm -hmm. You know, for instance, there's a candle company out there called Scent and Fire. She's amazing based out of California. Just a regular candle company going along. And then COVID uh, came and she lost all of her customers immediately, like massive orders overnight. So her entire sales pipeline was gone. She pivoted her candles 
into a quarantine and chill, um, mm. socially distant, which I actually ordered, and it's quite fabulous, and another one. And it's basically all based on a social distancing, us washing our hands and staying home and really keeping a really chill environment during this time, trying time. She has now got media from this. Um, she has, you know, established a whole new brand and product line, and she's really tapped into pe- what people want right now, you know, to kind of get through this time without compromising her business or her brand at all. What she did was just think smart as an entrepreneur and figure out what works for me, what works for my audience, and how can I get through COVID right now with a new product extension, you know, and not reinventing the wheel. So that's the type of innovation I'm seeing out here. You know, they do say pressure makes diamonds, so... I think we're going to see a lot of richness going on. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Um, yeah, you took, that was going to be my next question uh, in the examples, but you just gave that with the candle company. Um, what do you see happening next? I honestly don't, even though they're you know pushing for it now for the city to open, for the country to open back up. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. I don't think that we're ready. Um, I've been saying, that we're going to get a second wave of this. And now it has come out that, you know, scientists and medical experts are saying that the second wave um, may come this winter and it may be even more aggressive because we'll have both COVID and the regular flu. And so uh, looking, if you can look in Julie's crystal ball, (laughs) how do you see things going within the next, let's say, fall of 2021 hmm fall of 2021 so we're talking eight the next 18 months or so yeah well if we were looking at my crystal ball we'd say i'd be receiving about a million dollars in the next month but (laughs) back to reality stranger things have happened i would honestly say the first thing i would say would stay be stay prayerful I mean, you know, we worship an awesome God. I think a lot of us um, have turned to that in this trying time. I know that sounds trite. I know it sounds like very thought and, you know, thoughts and prayers. But I would say that would be the first thing every morning. Operate in gratitude. Wake up. Have that solitude and really stay prayerful for whatever comes your way in the day. Um, that would be the first thing as an entrepreneur because, really, that's going to be what gets us through this. The second thing I would say is to operate in a spirit of abundance, cautious abundance. Um, I would say the next year or two for any entrepreneur is going to be make it or break it. Hmm. Um, And I would honestly say, yeah, looking at the next two years, not the next 18 months, but the next two years. I think a lot of entrepreneurs really needed the direction, either to kind of tighten up their business or even really figure out if entrepreneurship is for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say for the next 18 months or two years, really operate in abundance and really figure out if entrepreneurship is for you. I will say with the third wave, well, the second wave that's coming, which I completely agree with, that's going to continue to impact business. I mean, we see things such as Essence Festival, yes. you know, Essence Magazine now, that's a huge moneymaker. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a wrap yeah. until 2021. And, you know, to be honest, KG, that's not really even guaranteed. That's not right. guaranteed. Yeah, so, exactly. No, yeah. because they're saying it's large not- gatherings and sporting events, concerts, and that what twenty fall of twenty twenty one at the earliest. The earliest, right? And that's just yeah. the earliest. Exactly, and that's the earliest. So people keep trying to go by these uh, man-made kind of dates, like well, they, they told us September twenty twenty, or they said next year will be okay. No, I, I think you just need to go ahead and put two years on there. These yeah. next, including this year. 
you know, we might be having the same really tough conversation regarding festivals and events in spring of summer 2021. It may not happen. You know, and as you know, even with Essence Festival, a lot of people debut their books. A lot of people debut their new products. I mean, all of these things work in tandem. It's like a domino effect, you know. A lot of people plan their entire product cycle around things such as Essence Festival or Coachella or these amazing, you know, or, um, you know, even for us, homegrown, you know, the rodeo. So people are going to have to start operating and thinking about a completely different way to get their brand and their products out there and to run their business. It might be that corporate is for you right now. It might be dusting up that resume and getting, you know, that, that corporate job. I know people think everyone's getting laid off. They're not. You know, people are hiring. It might be that, you know, your business is, is going to have to take a hit as, as you reduce, you know, your 1099 and up your W-2. It, it might be that the business cycle you thought you were going to have you know, in the fall of, of, of 2020, it may not happen in 2022, you know, so I think people really need to think strategically, they need to think out of abundance of, you know, cautious optimism, um, they really need to think about additional streams of revenue, if currently you have one to two streams of revenue, you should be thinking, you know, not just the usual seven, let's, let's go ahead and look at eight to 10 streams of revenue, and these are incremental small streams. You know, it doesn't have to be $1,000 here and $900 there. It can be $29 somewhere, you know, $9 here and there. All of this stuff adds up, you know. So you have to start thinking about, instead of thinking as whales and just behemoth contracts and clients, you know, where you're only getting all of your resources, resources and income from one, you need to think smaller increments. You know, what can I do? What skill sets do I have? What options from my business? can I put together to get smaller increments of income, but that collectively, you know, I can pull all these together. And I really think it needs to be a two-year plan. I think people are being hopeful, you know, oh, a couple of months or the next year. I think 18 months is, is, is satisfactory, but I would honestly say just go ahead and look at 2022. Whether you were debuting a new book, a new brand, you know, your nonprofit, that, that's another huge hit. You know, you guys know how Houston social season is. I mean, starting from August to December, we're, we're in the streets, you know, $150 here, $125 there, you know, smiling for the camera, all of us, you know, we're all out there. So we have to think about our local organizations now. How are they going to survive this fall? And KG, to your point, next fall, the winter of possibly no revenue, no income, no tickets, no nothing. What are we going to do? So I would say during this time, stop being hopeful about reopening the country and redoing this and redoing that because, you know, those are the rules from the government. But, you know, the bodies in the seats or the butts in the seats, as I like to say, the people purchasing tickets, the people purchasing your product, your service, that's who you need to be thinking about. And if, you know, they're not coming out of the house or if their discretionary income now is going towards HEB and Kroger, you know, I cannot believe how much money I'm spending at the grocery store. <laughs> Tell like, me about it. <laughs> like my whole shoe budget now. It's like crazy. I'm at the grocery store. And I know when I check out, they're looking at me like, you and who is eating all this food? This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm like a Michelin star gourmet chef now. It's crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, this is what people are thinking about. They're thinking about essentials. So gas in my car, a stock yep. fridge, yep. because a stock fridge means what? Less trips to the grocery store yeah. and less trips outside mean what? Less exposure. Right. So people are even thinking in a completely different way. When I leave the house, it's very strategic. You know, I keep the same mask on all day. 
I do my grocery shopping. I come back in. I go for my run in the park. I come back in, you know, and then the mask and everything comes out. Like, you're strategically thinking how to limit my time outside. So if your business is the type of business that relies on foot traffic or front-facing front traffic, you know, a lot of people now are limiting that time. So you have to pivot and think, you know, what am I going to do now now that I don't have the foot traffic, whether it's a brick front or a storefront or whatever it is, you know, to, to, to figure out that pipeline of income that I'm going to lose literally for the next 18 months to two years. Mm. Okay. Well, listen, you have <laughs> dropped some gems. Yes, Lord. Um, you have gave us something to uh, put in the back of our minds. I think you're absolutely right with the two years and, and um, what everyone should be looking forward to. I can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough for coming on the Public Affairs Podcast to uh, share this information, Julie. Only thing I wanted, KG, was her information again because she touched on a couple of great pieces with Essence Key and said it early in the podcast about revisioning. Her Her, her, her vision mm-hmm. is for you to reprogram events like that too. Mm-hmm. And, and my side note, Julie, was would you see an uh, uh, organization like Essence do more online seminars? Absolutely. I would definitely encourage every brand. I mean, much like you guys, you know, have your offshoots. Everything is going online. Go ahead and start planning for virtual conferences. Go ahead and start slashing those ticket prices. The reason why is because with a virtual conference, the globe now is your audience. Mm. You're not limited. Um, so what you'll lose in ticket pricing, you'll pick up in additional eyeballs and butts in seats. You know, go ahead and start thinking all of those one-day conferences, okay, let's stretch that out to two days and four hours each. You know, start getting those speakers together. Because a lot of people are now sitting at home twiddling their thumbs, they need the exposure. So if you need a certain set of speakers, now would be a great time to reach out to these brands. You know, these brands need exposure. They need platforms. They need eyeballs and they need engagement. So anything around a conference, around an organization, anything that traditionally would require us to physically come to an event, physically come to the brunch, physically come, you know, down there, so on and so forth, go ahead and put all of that online. Throw some music together, get a music program director, make a jazzy one-minute video, like pull together content. So really start thinking, you know, in case, this S hits the fan again, which to KD's point, I am pretty 99.9% sure it's going to. You know, go ahead and start thinking about all those entities, such as the brunches, the traditional breakfast, the dinner that everyone does, all that programming, and move it online and think about how to make it authentic and exciting. You know, because if your audience, you know, is the type of audience that comes to your event every single year, no matter what, They'll have no problem supporting you online either. I mean, it's going to be unusual. It's going to be a little bit different, but that is how life is right now. And so your supporters are going to support you no matter what, but you have to make it worth their while. So I would go ahead and think for the rest of 2020, definitely, all the way through 2021, just go ahead and plan for everything to be online. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Julie, again, thank you for coming on the Public Affairs Podcast. Um, make sure that you follow. Give give your website and your IG one more time. Absolutely. My website, everyone can reach me at www.julieogriffith.com. If you wait for one to two seconds, that nifty little pop-up box will pop up and it'll say the list. 
go ahead and join my list. I do everything from my email, marketing, from newsletters to all the tidbits, hot information. As you guys know, um, the newsletter resource comes out every Tuesday, 7.45 a.m., so you don't want to miss that. In addition, you can follow me on Instagram, at Julie O'Griffith. Again, that's at Julie O'Griffith. And um, definitely on my website, feel free to hit that shop link, you know, for my various products. Also, if you scroll down, I need to send me a message. If you have a question, go ahead and shoot me a message. I'm very good at returning messages, uh, whether it's a consultation or taking on new clients, but I definitely want to hear from you guys. So that's www.julieogriffith.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at, at julieogriffith. Excellent. Thank you, Julie. We appreciate your time. May God continue to bless you. And the podcast will continue right after this. Welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your co-host, KG Smooth. Along with Brother Larry Jones, and it's good to be back with you this half hour, sir. Yes, indeed. And, you know, in the midst of this COVID-19, there happens to be a group of people that are forgotten, Unc. And Mm -hmm. um, those people are people that are grieving from the loss of loved ones, be it to COVID-19 or any other ailment. And uh, grieving is tough. But it's I can't imagine, you know, not being able to see or say goodbye to someone I love who has went on because of COVID because you can't see them. And you can't attend a service, you, a funeral. Yeah. Isn't that something? That is And you know, we're we'll hug people, we touch people. We 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 love to hug and touch. Yes, indeed. And it's been a major adjustment. So I I would say that it would lead to a level of depression we've never seen. Yes. In our lifetime, at least. Absolutely. So I can only imagine, but I am glad that we have on the line a grief coach and a pastor. She's a grief coach of 700 AD, and she is also uh, the pastor of Higher Dimension Church. Ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Nicole Bird is on. Hello, everyone. Mm-hmm. How's it going? <laughs> We're doing well. How about you? Mm-hmm. I am taking it moment by moment. My organization, 700 AD, that's our mantra. We're taking it moment by moment. Pastor, for our millions of fans who are listening, can you give us a little background where you're born, what school you attend, your your upbringing, please? Yeah, actually, I'm from Galveston, Texas. I'm from the island. (laughs) But I've been in Houston over 20-something years. I graduated from Ball High School in Galveston, Mm -hmm. but I matriculated my graduate work over at Texas Women University here in Houston, um, that location. And actually, I am an associate pastor at Higher Dimension Church. I serve under Pastor Terrence H. Johnson. I've been with that local church over 20 years. I serve on full-time staff as the executive director of Outreach and Missions. Well, we know Pastor very well. We've sown into that church, and we know a couple of people, uh, and, and Motion from Promotion will love this, that uh, attend Higher D. So we thank you for that. So what led you into grief counseling, Pastor? So here's the thing. Um, you may find it um, a little disheartening, but I am living through it moment by moment on the 19th of this month. It's been about seven months since I've lost my husband um, last year, 9-19-19. I lost my husband of 24 years in marriage, and it was an, a complete disruption 
you know, in my life, um, in my family's life. And I immediately, um, after experiencing what I did in the hospital, something innately told me that I was going to need to position myself in therapy. And so as I've been walking this grief journey in therapy, I believe God has given me a call, an assignment to a community of women that may have been forgotten, and that's the widows. And so 700 AD was formed based on the statistic that 700,000 women each year lose their spouses. So 700 AD was based on the, the idea that, yes, we lost our spouses, but there is life after death. And so I have become and an ambassador, if you will, for those women who are in the throes of their grief journey. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I'm speechless because it's still so fresh for you. I mean, seven months, I mean, that's, you know, that's not any time. And people, they deal and they grieve um, in their own way. Is there like a, I don't know, a universal way, like something that everyone uh, could try to practice to help them through the grieving process that you would suggest? So the first thing I want us to know about grief is it is a highly individual experience, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's grief journey is, I believe, God uniquely designed for them in where they are in their season of life. So we can't do any comparison there. I think everybody walks that journey differently. Um, and then also we want, want to also put on the table that there's no normal timetable of grieving. Right. There's a saying that many of us have heard that um, time heals wounds. Um, but what I have come to gather um, in my walk with God in faith and in therapy is that it's not the time, but what you do with the time. Mm-hmm. So as an individual, I made a decision to one, believe that healing and recovery is God's will for my life, right? That at, at, some, at some point in my life, as I walk this grief journey, the disappointment and the brokenheartedness that I feel um, it won't last or come as much as it does early on. And so with that, I am walking this journey, believing by faith that there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it's, it's in your belief system, uh, correct, Pastor? You, you either believe it or you don't believe it. Are we clear? So I think this whole idea of acceptance of the season that you're in. So for me, I have a faith community. I have tons of people that support me, but I also have an anchor in my faith, I believe, which allows me to kind of come at it from a different perspective. I have a godly perspective, and in that space, I am constantly always looking for the thought process God is wanting me to have in this space. It's all in how you look at a thing. And I wouldn't say um, that a person who's not in faith 
Um, they cannot um, heal and recovery, heal and recover. But I would say it's definitely been a benefit of mine. It's definitely been a privilege of mine to walk in um, faith throughout this journey. Mm-hmm. What do you say to people who have tried to self-medicate? Well, let me say this. Um, I think it's important to put on the table that um, grief is a normal human response to a loss, right? And for most people, even in the time of this pandemic, the sudden change and disruption in our lives as we know it can cause people to have another level of anxiety amongst their grief. So that's grief, a normal human response. But then there's this thing called exacerbated grief, and that can move into a space called depression. So for me, grief is supposed to be a visitor. He stops by, but he's not a resident where he lives there and resides there and moves in. And so when he moves in, if he's moving in, then that's depression. And depression is a mental disorder. And with a mental disorder, there are times with chemical imbalances, people do have to be medicated. But to self-medicate is only taking yourself down a path that will not allow you to heal and recover, but allow you to be in a temporary space, and grief is going to only continue to visit you again. You can't run from grief. Hmm. Pastor Bird, what do you say to the people who are consistently having pity parties? A pity party. So, so as I mentioned before, grief for most people is an individual experience. And so through time and actively participating, you can begin to see that you're not the victim in a situation that God is not punishing you, but you have to put yourself in position to be open to receive two things, ministry from your community, ministry for those that love you, be open to that, and then also be open to therapy, prayer and therapy work. So the mindset of pityness, I think only will accompany a person that has not properly positioned themselves to actively participate in their healing and recovery. I love your response. And I only brought it up because I, I had a dear friend who it just appeared to be KG that her mom was very close. And of course, when she passed and on her birthday, it was just this, 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 this breakdown. And every Hmm. year, year after year after year of our relationship, I had to avoid this person because I knew there was going to be three or four days of this thing of my mama dead, my mama dead. my, And I'm like, yeah, baby, that's it. Your mom's passed on. Let her go so you can live your life. Because other than that, Pastor, she was a wonderful person, but she stopped not to pay honor to her mother, but just completely break down and shut the world out. It was, it was sad. Yeah. It was sad. So one of the dangerous things about exacerbated grief is the need to self-isolate. And so 
those individuals, if you encounter that, because sometimes those people that we love, sometimes we don't have the capacity to even understand what's going on in their emotions, right? And so if we don't have the capacity, sometimes we don't know the right things to say. But we can point them in the direction of finding them some help to help them along their grief journey. Maybe there's a pastor. Maybe there's a church program. Um, there are a lot of ministries that walk in um, this program called Grief Share, where there are support groups or there are support groups on Facebook that they can be a part of. It's great to be amongst people who actually have grief as a context. Because often those emotions and what you're feeling, some of them you don't even know reside within. And it's hard for those that love us or people who engage with us to even understand what we're going through. And it can be a turnoff sometimes. It can be like, you know, there's a pity party all the time. But often those emotions, if you don't know how to properly manage them, if you're not acknowledging that you're having these moments, you don't know how to express those to those that love you. Hmm. We, we kid, and I don't mean to dominate, but no, no, it, no. it's just I've, I've had a few of these in my lifetime. And, and what you say is so true, Pastor, especially to those individuals who didn't get a chance to say goodbye properly or to forgive <laughs> properly before a loved one passed on. And, and then you find them with this animated wanting to get in the casket thing, take me with you, mm. you know, I, 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 I'm sorry, mama, I'm sorry, mama, I'm sorry, mama. And, and you, you come to learn, you know, mama forgave you a long time ago, but maybe you never forgave yourself. Am I close, Pastor? No, so, so here's the thing. I think the difference is I think our churches, our pastors, we have to get into a space where we really uh, start teaching this whole concept of death. Mm-hmm. Really understanding what it means when a believer, and that's what I'm talking about here, transitions to go be with the Father. And so when we see people um, jumping in caskets, I mean, I've seen, I've seen things like that. People are kind of acting out. The body is a shell. Mm -hmm. The spirit is now present with the father. And so what I did in my journey, I actually, my pastor preached on it, but I actually went to the Bible and really wanted to see where my husband was. And when I understood that he was now present with the father, when I thought about that, that's what you would want. I mean, that's what we spend our whole life journey as a believer working to transition one day to be in the eternal. But often we can't face that because we want that physical connection with the person and not knowing that God in his sovereignty has a timetable when we are to be with him. And so being anchored in what the word of God has to say about when we transition, when we die, I think is important as well. Indeed. Uh, Pastor, let's talk about your books. You've got two books out, um, The Purple Book of Success and The Power Moves, a 40-day devotional, and uh, also two e-books, 55 Things Prayers, Prayer Can Do to Change Your Life and Grace for the Assignment. So um, which one should we delve into while we're enduring quarantine life? 
None of those. Actually, I have a new book coming out. Those are all pre my experience of grief. I have a new book coming out called The Widow's Oil. Well, I walk through the story. The widow's oil, yes. (laughs) Now that's that rings. The widow's oil. Wow. The widow's oil, dealing with grief and disappointment and finding God's blessing in the midst of it. Mm. And so you know the story, right? The prophet uh, comes, the widow goes to the prophet and tells her that the debtors are coming to take her son. Because her husband is dead, and he left her in debt. And then the prophet tells her, you know the story, right, KG? The prophet tells her, well, what do you have in your house? And she says, I have nothing but a little oil, right? And so she devalues the small thing that she has in her house, which really is the most profitable thing. The oil represents the anointing of God. The oil represents purpose. And so he tells her to go to the neighbors and get vessels to fill them and to go into our house with her sons and close the door. When she does that and she begins to pour the oil, the oil begins to replicate itself. The vessels represent ministry. And so the more ministry she did, the more she shared her experience, the more the oil flowed. And then that book, that's what I'm going to be talking about. You lost your husband, dear but you didn't lose your purpose. Mm. And to your point, my lady, uh, Minister uh, Anthony Valerie spoke that very story no more than a few hours ago before we started our podcast today. Wow, and I know Anthony. Tell him I said hello. I sure will. Yeah, he, he, we, we were talking about this very thing just a wow. few hours ago. So to this know that wow. the anointing is on, and, and mm-hmm. what a beautiful title, The Widow's Oil. Yeah. God bless you, my lady. That is great. And where can uh, where can people um, get the books? Um, this one and also shout out your social media. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, sure. So here's the thing: on April 27th through the 29th, for three days, I'm going to be hosting and facilitating what we call grief chats from 7 p.m. to about 8:30. We're going to invite people by way of Facebook Live to join the conversation about their grief journey a mixed COVID-19. If you want to be a part of that, all you have to do is text the word new chapter to 33777. And then on Mother's Day, we're going to launch 700 AD, the official launch for the ministry, where we're inviting influencers and maybe some celebrity guests who are in the grief journey to share their story, and you want to get an exclusive invite to that event on Mother's Day online, you can, again, text the word NEW CHAPTER to 33777. Excellent. Thank you so much. We will uh, be tuning in. This was um, this was great. Um, are are, this are your awesome. services, um, and what about if people wanted to use you as a grief coach, if they you know, needed someone to talk to virtually. Um, Are you offering sessions? I'm offering one-on-one coaching sessions. They can email me at NicoleBird at gmail.com, and I can send them some information on on one-on-one coaching. Uh, Pastor, we thank you for your time this morning. Please give our love to everyone at Hire D and know that you've been a blessing to us today. 
And we surround you with nothing but a ton of love and a ton of light. And thank you for your time today and being a part of our podcast. We love you. Received, so received. And thank you so much for having me. And we'll see you next week.